Good morning and welcome to worship to everybody who's here and everybody who's online. It's a great day to see you all here and to come together to worship the Lord. I'm going to get right to the calendar because like the pastor was just saying, there's this flyer, that flyer, the other, there's a lot of stuff going on. So today is in-person birthday Sunday after church. And thank you to Paul Tillery. I'm not seeing he's out there. Paul Tillery and Kathy Tillery are the hosts today. And thank you very much. Looking forward to that. If you would like to host some first Sunday of the month, um, January, I know is still open, but talk to Jan DeRozier. She'll, she'll be able to uh, give you any kind of guidance and uh, set that up. And all right, um, moving on. Uh, Tuesday, 10 o'clock is our Advent Bible study in here. Wednesday, 10 o'clock on Zoom is the prayer service. Friday is the last day to order poinsettias. And again, they're $20 each. And that's because some of the money goes to fundraiser for Vacation Bible School. And there's a flyer for that too. Um, Next Sunday, that's the 11th, uh, the pastor already mentioned, Praising Him will be joining us in our service again. We always like to have them with us. They'll be here. Um, after service is the Kids Club Christmas Party, and the Next Gen group will be helping them. And next Sunday, the presents from the stockings for the Head Start kids must be here by next Sunday because the kids will go on break. So we have to make sure we get the presents in, in time to be able to distribute them. And there's one question. Um, there, was a, there was no tag in the basket for Mary Lou to be able to keep touch of who was purchasing clothing for Anthony. And I'm not sure if the name on the tag was Anthony Anden or just Anthony. Anden. So if anybody has Anthony Anden for clothing, um, please coordinate with Mary Lou, just so she knows that somebody's covering that child's clothing item. All right. Um, let's see, the 18th, Sunday the 18th, our special music time. And again, there's a flyer for that as well. And on Wednesday the 21st at 11 a.m., is the longest night service. It'll be here in the sanctuary on Wednesday, the 21st. Christmas Eve, that's Saturday, the day before Christmas, 6 p.m. There's a um, candlelight service here. And then of course, Christmas day, normal time, Sunday, we'll see everybody to celebrate Christmas together. And then on Wednesday, the 28th, the blood mobile will be back from one to, one to six. And that's all I had for today, unless I forgot to mention somebody stopped me and asked to mention. Okay. Sure. As we move into our time of opening prayers, I do come with blessings that we have been praying for a former pastor's husband, uh, Mr. Arniston, Cindy Arniston's husband. He is back home and is healing now at home. His daughter and I went through ordination together, and I get notes from her off and on, and she, Darren sent me a note sharing that uh, Harvey's doing much better, and he is back home, and, and thanks everyone for their prayers. 
Is there any other prayer requests for today? Yes, ma'am. Liz's nephew, uh, Albert. Uh, All right. Okay. So just prayers for Liz's nephew. Okay. Very good. Any other prayer requests? And as we always know, even though that there are no hands showing anything, that doesn't always mean that everything's at peace. And we also hold prayers, not just for Liz's nephew, but for all the unspoken prayer requests that we hold in our hearts. Let's, let's join together in prayer. Precious and loving God, we thank you for your spirit, your presence, your love that flows through us. Precious God, be real within all of our needs, be the celebration and all of our happiness, and be with us today as we celebrate your love. Amen.
called to worship. In days of sorrow and days of joy, in our fellowship and in our isolation, in our worship and in our lives, let us worship the Christ who has called us here. There we go. Good morning. I get to talk a lot today. <clears throat> Jesus's greatest commandment calls us to do nothing more and nothing less than to love. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. In pledge of this commandment, we light the candle of love and relight the candle of hope. May love light our way, even as hope continues to bless our days. Christ Jesus, you loved us so much that you came to earth as a tiny, vulnerable child. You even gave your life as a broken, vulnerable man. For your great love, we give you thanks and praise. For your love to live in and through us, we pray. May love light our way. May love be our way. May love shine through us, even as these candles shine among us. Amen. Do you guys want to also join me on the carpet? I told you I get to talk a lot today. You're welcome. Hi, friends. I've missed you. Did you guys miss me? A little bit? Just a little bit? Oh, a lot. I missed you guys a lot too. I especially missed you, my friends. Welcome. It's been weeks. That's awesome. Well, today we are going to talk about a journey. Have you guys been on a trip recently? little bit? Well, we're going to talk about a family that went on a journey that their journey took weeks and like weeks and weeks and weeks. Sometimes when we go on car rides, they take just a couple hours. Well, they went on a journey to get counted that took a couple of weeks to get counted. Could you guys imagine being on a camel that took like two to three weeks, no iPads, no cell phones, no plain punch buggy, nothing. You just had to sit there and look out the window the whole time at sand. Would you guys want to do that? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. Me neither. Me neither. 
Anyone else want to do that? No? <laughs> of course it's it. Sounds fun? Yeah. All right. So that's what we're going to learn about today. We are going to learn about a journey that some people did because they knew and they were told that they needed to go on this journey for love because that's where Jesus was going to be born. So let's go. And we're going to go on an adventure with our pretend backpacks on. So let's put on our pretend backpacks and let's go. Not real backpacks, I promise. Pretend backpacks. Come on. Come on. Ready? I'm going to race you.
prepare time with the Lord's favor. You are like a garland of pine and fir, eternal one, for your spirit is ever living. And your presence in our lives makes our spirits ever green. You fill our senses with the sweet fragrance of your glory. And you heighten our awareness of your goodness and grace, just as there will be no end to the reign of the Messiah. There will be no end to your holy kingdom. We are ready for your coming, ancient of days, the coming of your eternal home. Amen. Now for our Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now for the words of assurance. Emmanuel, God is with us. In Christ, we have received grace upon grace and love everlasting. Rejoice and be glad, for we are not alone. We are never alone, for we abide in Christ, whose reign has no end. Today's scripture is from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 24. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. join together in prayer. Precious and loving God, we thank you for the way your spirit flows into our lives and the mysteries that are revealed to us through your being. As we look at this scripture today, as we celebrate the reality that Christ is with us, as we look at these words of Matthew and celebrate the reality of a story that has a deep, deep motivational meaning,
be with us today as we hear these words and we are guided by the candle of love. Amen. Annie, leave the scripture up for me today and it will help as we look at this narrative of a love story. I want you to know that this narrative exists within it quite possibly the greatest love story that has ever been told. There's two ways that I want to look at the narrative of this story. I want to look at the individual beings who are Mary and Joseph as they deal with this information that they are receiving. And I want to look at the narrative of Mary and Joseph on how they care for each other as they go through this narrative. And as we look at both combined together, I hope that we begin to see what a truly deep, caring, passionate love that exists between Mary and Joseph as we talk about the greatest love story that's ever been told, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yesterday, when I went on my walk, I kind of have these moments that I intentionally don't put in my earbuds. I don't listen to a podcast. I don't listen to music. And sometimes I go on walks and I begin to just say, Holy Spirit, tell me what you want me to experience from this scripture that I've been dealing with all week. And I had a very beautiful experience yesterday. I want to share with you a narrative that we advocate for as a reconciling church, that we advocate for as individuals who proclaim that love is love is love. And as I looked at a quote yesterday before my walk from John Lennon that said, it doesn't matter who you love or how you love or when you love, it only matters that you love. I had this intertwining relationship between, well, I would have been listening to John Lennon if I had my music playing, and an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to reveal a mystery to me that has been going on throughout all time. I want to share with you an outline of a story. This is a story of two individuals' lives. These two individuals begin to realize that something is happening in their lives. They are experiencing something that's deep and beautiful and real, something that's going to be transforming to the greater world. But as they deal with it for the first time, as they grow into the narrative that's being shared with them, they hear it in such a way that they have to deal with the fear, the worry, the confusion of what the story is. I want you to hear the narrative of two individuals that are discovering an identity in their lives that's one 
will not be accepted or understood by their religious community. They are being revealed a mystery in their life that if they share it with their friends and family, there is a potential that their friends and family will not understand it, their friends and family will not accept it, and there will be expectations thrown at them if they share it. I want you to hear the narrative of a story of two individuals who receive a beautiful message in their life that will grow to be a transforming reality to the entire world that they have to begin living a lie with it before they can fully express what is actually happening. If you just hear that narrative and you know the agenda that I have in my life, you may have just heard me through my agenda explain the reality of an individual who has not come out to their family or their friends yet. Those are the same feelings. You're dealing with something that is truly beautiful in your life. You're dealing with something that is transforming in your life. You're dealing with something that will not be accepted by your family, friends, or faith traditions. You are dealing with something that at times you have had to lie about before you move into the wholeness of that reality. That was one of the things that came to my mind yesterday, not for me to stand up here and share with you about a journey of an individually an individual finding their whole identity within their reality of LGBTQIA. But what I explained to you is the reality of Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph had to deal with those same struggles. Mary and Joseph had to deal with a reality that culturally could have had them excommunicated, culturally could have led to the stoning of Mary, a reality that existed in their lives that if anyone found out about it would have brought with it consequences of dire extremes, and Mary and Joseph had to deal with that. So how do they deal with it? They deal with it with the reality of Mary and Joseph's relationship being one of the greatest love stories that's ever existed. When we move into these places that we begin to discover realities that we are afraid to pass on to another person, we have to find a person that we have a deep connection and understanding with. We have to find that person that we have a deep, loving connection with. Mary had to have a deep, loving trust in Joseph to share with him that she is pregnant and an angel told her it was God's child. Did you hear the sarcasm that I tried to place in that? because that's the potential of how that it could have been received. 
We deal with the realities that we understand. We superimpose what we know, what we have experienced in our living being, when that we get information that's scary and fearful, and we just don't know what to do with it. Not only did Mary put her life on the line and her trust with Joseph, but she put a deep, deep trust that Joseph would be willing to understand everything that she was sharing with him. The reality is Joseph should have had her stone culturally. I, I, I should have said, I don't believe these things, but culturally, Joseph should have had Mary stone, culturally. Faith-wise, she should have been pushed aside and, and forgotten and ignored. But there was a deep, loving trust and faith that existed in Mary that Joseph would look at the love and commitment and understanding of a deeper trust that existed in between them, that Joseph would believe what she said. Even today, if someone came up to me and said, an angel said to me that I have the child of God, even the preacher man would scratch his head and question the reality of what's being shared. Joseph had to deal with it. In the scripture that David shared, Joseph is dealing with it. He takes his love for Mary and deals with this situation and the reality of his understanding, and he decides to quietly divorce Mary to save her life. But then the angel also speaks to Joseph. And the angel also speaks to Joseph, and Joseph begins to have this different connection to the narrative. It's no longer about faith or cultural expectations. It is the reality that the love of my life has said this. I'm willing to, through love, protect this person any way possible. And now that narrative is being adopted into my life. And it's becoming a part of who I am. And through that, the love story of Mary and Joseph becomes even deeper and stronger. Now, we don't really deal with a lot about the narrative of Mary and Joseph sharing with everyone what happened. We don't deal with the shotgun wedding, or we don't deal with the fact that they say that Jesus was born early. We don't deal with those narratives. But what we actually deal with as we deal with the nativity narrative is not so much dealing with dealing with the fear. But the story transforms to this narrative of how the story connects to other people's lives, and it grows in other people's lives. Matthew sets aside the narrative of religious expectation and cultural understanding and begins to talk about how the narrative transforms other people. Mary and Joseph go to Bethlehem, and then the shepherds hear about it. And then the kings hear about it. 
and they are compelled to go and see this great mystery. The importance of the narrative sets aside religious and cultural expectation, and it steps forward what it means to allow the story of love to grow in our lives and to become a part of who we are so that we can grow deeper and deeper and deeper in love so that through time, the only thing that matters is the words of John Lennon. It doesn't matter how we love or who we love or the places that we love. The only thing that matters is that we love. Now, I'll set aside the pop cultural references, and I'll give us a good old-fashioned John Wesley quote right now. And as we deal with the reality of love, that we have to exist as individuals who love in all the ways we can, in all the places we can, for all the people we can, and all the times we can, whenever that we can. The narrative of the story shifts and the narrative of the story becomes stronger and stronger when that the cultural and the religious gets set aside and we begin to look firmly in the eyes of the born redeemer and the only thing we look at is love. Mary and Joseph displayed it. I shared with you culturally what Joseph should have done. I shared with you culturally what Mary had to be fearful for as she carried this narrative and her reality to share with Joseph what had happened. She had to not just trust Joseph, but she had to trust in the love that exists in their lives that Joseph would believe her. And then the Holy Spirit intervened, the angel spoke, truth was told, and they journeyed together in that weeks upon weeks long journey that Mercedes shared with the kids about, so that one day a child could be born in a manger who would grow up to perform miracles, who would look once again at cultural and religious expectations to set them aside so that love can prevail. Now I'm going to quote somebody that my kids life like as I quote pop culturally once again. As we look at this whole narrative, there's a speech that Lin-Manuel Miranda gave at the Tony Awards when Hamilton won the Tony. And when we look at the reality of the being and we look at the reality of what we are called to do, the only thing that exists in our lives and the only thing that Jesus Christ challenges us to look for is the reality that love is love is love is love. Did I say it enough times? Okay. That's the narrative of the nativity. That's the narrative that exists today in our friends that have these beautiful lives that they just want to share with another person. That's the reality in our lives. When we go to work and days and we just want to 
sing whichever song that Jen picked out for the for the praise song that day because it's just locked in our head all week. That Jen, that's possibly the only time that I don't like you is when that I have uh, one of the songs locked in my head all week long. And I don't like that the song's locked in my head, but I love that it's there motivating me all week. Thank you for your work. Thank you. Thank you for being individuals that exist in a reality of love. Because the reality of the nativity is loving something so much that we trust it. And here's the other end. There's a deeper challenge that we don't have to just be the Marys that trust but the bigger part of the narrative for us and the nativity story is we have to become the Josephs that are trusted. We have to display things in such a way that when a person is sitting scared and frightened because of a beautiful thing in their reality, we need to be the Joseph that they say, okay, Mom and dad, grandma and grandpa might not dig it, but Connor will, or John, or Mary Lou, or David. You know, one person I like sharing stuff to is Miss Lorraine, or a Miss Lorraine, that our lives can just be stirred and transformed and know that no matter how scary or frightened that we feel the consequences of the words may be, we have that one Joseph in our life that we can say, this is what I feel. And they'll either say back to us, love is love is love is love. Or they'll say back to us, John Lennon, it doesn't matter who you love or how you love or what you love. It only matters that you love. Or they'll go back to that long-winded John Wesley and say, love all the ways you can for all the people you can and all the times you can and all the places you can and all the times you can in any way you can, forever as you can, just do it. Let's just quote Nike, it's easier. Let's just love. I want you to hold on to that reality of the nativity story. It is. And I, it's what the Holy Spirit said to me yesterday. And if I offend you with this phrasing, I apologize. And I also, I don't. The nativity story is a coming out story. There's fear, there's consequences, and there's trust. And there is just going out and boldly saying what's real. And the nativity is the greatest love story that we will ever hear. Because Mary loved Joseph and trusted him, and Joseph loved Mary and believed in her, and they stuck together side by side, and they went on about it. And now we're all sitting in the room because of the greatest love story ever shared. That love story extends all the way to the narrative of Lent as we move into the reality of Jesus's actions to the greater world. We live within a love story that came along to care for others. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God.
It is right and a good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. You are the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end of all things, the one who is trusted and the one that lives in the love of that trust. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join in their unending hymn, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Just as Mary loved and trusted Joseph, just as Joseph loved and believed Mary, we too are faithful witnesses of the firstborn, the ruler of all the earth. Your spirit anointed him that preached the good news to the poor and the proclaim release of the captives, recovering sight to the blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and spirit. On the night in which that he gave himself up for us, he took the bread. He gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you. He gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith, that Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of grape and bread. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood and freed from our sins. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at the heavenly banquet through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, through your holy church. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Today we'll...
of giving ever present and ever living God be present in these gifts which we return to you now may they bring blessings and love to our ministry even as they reflect the eternal caring of your son be present in our lives that we may might bring your presence and your love to a world in need of your abiding home. Amen.
I knew I'd start crying because I love my kids. That last week I talked about how important it is to watch the light go back out into the world. Now I get to watch my son do that, go on about it. As the light of the world goes back to be with us every day, let's join together in this closing benediction. Love has come. Be open to its transforming power. Be prepared to embrace it with a full heart. Be ready to receive love incarnate the coming of love. Amen. Please stay with us for our social time, and may the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. God is love. Amen.